You're listening to Speaking to Influence, Communication Secrets of the C-Suite. Do you want to speak with confidence and authority, have more influence, and get bigger and better results? Whether you're a top executive, an entrepreneur, or climbing the career ladder, this is the show for you. The leader who wants to inspire others and leave a lasting legacy. Now here's your host, world-renowned TEDx speaker, author, and executive communication coach, Dr. Laura Sokola. Welcome to the podcast, Speaking to Influence, Communication Secrets of the C-Suite. I'm Dr. Laura Sokola, your host, and our focus is on mastering communication as an essential leadership skill so that you can command the room, connect with the audience, and close the deal in any context. Today is a part one of a two-part series on defining and claiming your brand, or perhaps more specifically on defining and claiming my brand. After 11 years, the Vocal Impact Productions brand is getting a makeover. Actually, it's more like a total brand overhaul, which, let me tell you, is no small decision and certainly no small task. Now, don't worry, we're still going to have the same commitment and passionate focus on leadership communication and influence as always, but with a new name and a fresh new look. But here's the thing. I'm actually not going to tell you what we arrived at. But I want to tell you where we're going and how we're getting there. Because a brand's image communicates a lot. So I thought I'd share my journey with you in doing this process as a little bit of a case study. Because my hope is that it helps you to do a bit of reflection and to ask yourself, and even for that matter, maybe asking some others, some deeper questions about the brand you've been building for yourself, whether intentionally or perhaps otherwise, and the brand that you want to build for yourself moving forward. And again, this doesn't matter whether you are an entrepreneur, whether you are an executive or a fresh out of college, new hire, whatever your role, remember you have a brand and either you pick it or it picks you. If you recall Marshall Goldsmith's classic book, of course, famously titled, What Got You Here Won't Get You There. And that's a lesson that I have come to in the last couple of years, that what has worked for me and for this company to get to where we are is no longer going to serve for where I really want to take it in the long run, in the future. So it's time for a little bit of a pivot. So what I wanted to share with you today is a little bit of a retrospective on the lessons that I have personally learned in branding over the last decade plus. We're going to look at how the company of Vocal Impact Productions, how the brand came to be, where we were then, where we are now, and frankly, why it's time for a change in order to get to where we want to go. So let's go back to the entrepreneurial beginning, as it were, the brand beginning. Back in 2008, that's when I graduated from Penn, the University of Pennsylvania, with my PhD in educational linguistics. My research was about things like how speech is processed in the brain what creates misunderstandings, how people learn, and how everything from context to accents and pronunciation and everything in between can influence whether or not someone is successful in communication. So in short, think about it this way. What I was researching in many ways was about what creates the gap between what you think you said, what they think they heard, and why they reacted the way they did, And most importantly, then, what does that say? What does that tell us about how to change that outcome in the future? Now, of course, 
At the same time, when I graduated, three things happened kind of all at the same time in the big picture. And really, it was in a matter of weeks, maybe a couple of months. First, I realized personally that despite my original academic intentions, that the tenure track, the world of being a university professor as a life career, that world of academia simply was not for me. And I will spare you for the moment the reasons why, but realize I needed something different. Second, an opportunity kind of fell into my lap to do a project on intercultural communication for IBM. Not a bad accidental conversation to have with somebody. And that was a lot of fun. And third, another opportunity, like a month later, also somewhat serendipitously fell into my lap to develop a business communications training program for Chase. Again, not too shabby as far as a first and second, basically, client that I hadn't intended. I was not looking to be an entrepreneur, but it kind of found me. And after those two experiences, I was hooked. And so I officially decided to go into business for myself. But now think back on your history. That was the summer of 2008. Not a great time in the economy. And so uh, at that moment, to my chagrin, no more Fortune 500 companies were falling into my lap and offering me really nice contracts. Now, remember, I was not a business major. I was not a marketing major. I was an educator. I was a linguist. I was a researcher. So since I'd already basically committed to hanging a shingle out for myself and running a business, it was time for a massive crash course in marketing. Trial by fire has time to, you know, earn some money, time to get some more business. Now, as is very common with a lot of early stage entrepreneurs and even not so early stage for some, I was pretty firmly stuck in that kind of jack of all trades mode, or at least jack of many trades mode. I wasn't truly clear on my niche. So I was kind of accepting whatever opportunities were coming my way, training, coaching, consulting projects. And it was all typically related somehow to the world of intercultural communication, maybe working with multilingual business professionals and multicultural global teams. And it was really based on whatever opportunities just crossed my path. As long as I had the skills to do most of it, and frankly, the confidence, the chutzpah, as a friend put it, that I could figure out the rest, that was all I kind of needed at the point. But it became a brand challenge because a big part of my real expertise at the time, I had a lot of experience working with professionals who were not native English speakers, and I was working with them on their business communications. So if you think about typical demographics in a company's risk management department, risk analysts, or in the IT department, lots of international professionals, highly fluent, highly successful, highly educated, but that was a niche. And it was great, but it was also frustrating for me, for them in many ways, because too many business leaders who, let's be honest, were monolingual English speakers, go into generic stereotypes of demographics from there, as you can fill in your own blanks. But the misunderstanding was that what I was doing with these professionals was just, quote unquote, teaching ESL or teaching English as a second language. So they kind of saw me as the tutor and they were under the impression in many ways that I was teaching some sort of remedial skills as if they just could hire their 16-year-old neighbor kid to do it and thus should be able to pay that kind of rate. Well, that was exactly the opposite. Remember, this is why I had a PhD in this kind of stuff. So think of it this way. 
for you all the challenges that you and your other native English-speaking colleagues have about communication in general, about influence, about persuasion, about getting your message across, about being heard, all the challenges that you have in your native language, take those same challenges and then layer over the top of it, having to do that in a foreign language, foreign language, foreign, second, third, whatever number it is, and all the layers of complexity that come along with that. That doesn't make it remedial. That makes it more complicated, more challenging, more nuanced. But it was really challenging for that particular skill set that I had and service I was providing to get the respect that it deserved as an elite skill set and service with the commensurate fees. So it was hard to get out of second gear from a business perspective as a result of it. Massive pivot number two, the first being leaving academia in the first place, was in 2013 when I read Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In. I'm sure many of you have read that as well, which looked at really the gender gap in the workplace, pay gaps, read it for yourself. It's a good read. But frankly, I was shocked because what she was describing, all the statistics, all the challenges, the arguments, I thought we'd kind of gotten past that somewhere around the mid-1980s. And for me personally, look, my background, my world was in the fields of education and linguistics and entrepreneurship. So I was working for myself or otherwise in very female dominant fields. So I really had not experienced a lot of what Sandberg was describing in her book. And frankly, you know, in case you hadn't noticed it, I'm not exactly a wallflower. I am very comfortable speaking my mind. I've always been very comfortable with that. So the challenges in communication and being heard that Sandberg was describing also was not part of my reality. So I was a little surprised to read what she read. So I decided that in many of the networking events that I used to go to at the time, that I would start to straw poll many of the other women attendees. Did you read Sandberg's book? Did you read Lean In? What'd you think? And the more or less universal response I got was, yes, she was right. Laura, let me tell you about my experiences, the challenge I have, my frustrations as a woman in space X, Y, or Z. And the implication was, okay, Laura, you've been living under a rock if you think that this stuff isn't still existing. Okay, note to self, let's remove the rock and look ahead. But the refrain that I kept hearing, aside from the living under a rock part, which of course was my own interpretation, nobody ever actually said that, just became clear to me. The refrain that I did hear women say was that they felt like their voices weren't being heard, literally and figuratively. Whether or not they were being solicited was part of it, but the messages weren't landing. Now, at the time, executive presence was, and frankly still is, a hot topic. But beyond things like presentation skills and other narrow bits like that, there was, at the time, from what I could see, very little focus on the nuanced aspects of speech as a science. And I hadn't heard anybody talk about the role of the physical voice itself. So I started to ask, well, all right, do you think there would maybe be an interest in something like a workshop on vocal empowerment for women in leadership or something like that? And it was funny because the response I got, well, I was expecting some nice platitudes and general encouragement like, oh yeah, that sounds nice. Good luck with that. Women were stopping in their tracks and saying, wait, you're going to run that? Where? Do I need a ticket? How do I get a ticket? When do you have... 
all these questions that it was became immediately obvious that there was a true hunger for this. This was a need not being fulfilled. So I decided to fill it. And six weeks later, I ran a seminar at the Chamber of Commerce in Philadelphia. Almost no advertising, just, you know, a couple of messages I sent to friends and asked them to kind of spread the word. I think I posted it on the Chamber website or something. But aside from that, that's about it. And six weeks later, there were nearly 100 women who, most of whom I'd never met before, all showed up in this room. And that was the birth of Vocal Impact Productions. And I picked the name at the time because, well, voice was the focus at the time. So vocal seemed like it needed to be in it. It was about having an impact. People wanted to have an impact. Speech should have an impact. So I wanted to do that, then went to GoDaddy and looked around. And while the domain vocal impact had been taken, so I thought, well, I need something else to tack onto the end of it. I thought, well, VIP would be a nice acronym to have. So, okay, what's a good P word? And frankly, that's how I came up with the productions part of production. <laughs> it's maybe not as sexy, not as, uh, you know, ooh, ah, insightful and mind-boggling as an answer, but that's where it came from. So now you know the truth. But some of the first work that I did was with someone who, who was a great mentor in the beginning, Grace Killalay, here in Philadelphia. And when she saw what I was doing, she said to me, in the most heartfelt way, I'm forever grateful to her for it. She said, your work is a game changer. And that's when I knew that I was onto something. So very, very quickly thereafter, my work expanded to men too, not just women, because, well, there's not really a gender, nobody cornered the market on being inefficient or ineffective communicators. People may communicate more, less, louder, softer, but not more effectively, not more successfully, not more influentially. So Again, the gender component was the catalyst, but not really a, a focus moving forward. Now, early on, after I'd established the name for Vocal Impact Productions, a second conversation I had was with Ellen Weber, whose name you may recall. She was actually my very first guest on this podcast almost four years ago. She was guest number one. And Ellen is the executive director of Robin Hood Ventures, an angel venture firm, and she also was working with Temple University and is an entrepreneur of her own right in many ways. And so uh, we were having a conversation one day and I said, I want to run something by you. I said, it's kind of a like a tagline or something I'm working on, but that I want to share with people that my deliverable, what I do for people is to help them master the three C's, to be able to command the room, connect with the audience and close the deal. And she, as soon as I said it, there was like a split second pause. And all of a sudden she sat upright and she looked at me and she said, say that again. So I did command the room, connect with the audience, close the deal. And she chewed on it for a second. And then she goes, I like it. Yeah. I mean, and she command, connect, and she worked on it. And she's like, that sticks. It makes sense. It was easy to digest. And so that became the unofficial tagline of the brand. At the core of everything that I've taught for the last decade, my three C's of what I originally referred to as vocal executive presence, again, back then carving my niche. And so over the next decade, my work got connected with all aspects of leadership communication. I have worked with people on everything from executive presence broadly, public speaking and presentations more narrowly, board relations, board trainings, to things like succession planning, leadership communication, and broadly speaking, influence. Does your message land and get the response, get the result that you're looking for? That's been the focus and it's been an awesome ride. Okay, so why are we at another transition point now 10 years later? Because the niche 
that was once a launch pad has now become a little bit of an anchor from a branding perspective. So for example, nowadays and from early on, but still to this day, despite the fact that my areas that I work on with people have expanded, like I just described, when people introduce me, the first phrase they tend to go to is still things like, oh, this is Laura. She's a voice coach. She's a vocal coach, which then leads down the erroneous path of questions like, oh, are you a speech pathologist? No, I'm not. Or are you an actor or a singer? Do you teach singing or acting? No, I don't. Trust me, if anything, you'd pay me not to do that. Plus, authenticity is such a hot topic. But if many people, especially from more marginalized demographics or struggling populations or individuals who have really struggled with the ability to be themselves and be successful, think that I'm going to teach them how to act how to conform, or how to otherwise be something other than themselves, they shut down immediately. We might have been a perfect pair, but if the notion of Laura is going to teach me to fake it enters their mind, I'm doomed. They're doomed. We're doomed. So that is not a healthy framing for people to use to introduce me. Or for that matter, even if it's not along the authenticity line, maybe they do genuinely come to me because they want to use their voice more effectively. Great. I can help with that, and I will. It's a component, but they don't realize all the other things that we could be working on together, where along with that component of physical voice speech work, mixed with everything else, would absolutely catapult them to so much greater, higher levels of success. But there's a limit. I don't know what else they need because they don't tell me because they don't realize what's possible because in their head, I'm a voice coach. Even though I say I'm an executive coach, I'm a leadership communication coach, they're stuck on the voice thing. One CFO, chief financial officer, who I coached a little while ago at a major insurance company, I think said it best. And that was the trigger for me. During one of our sessions, a couple of sessions, actually, we were talking about how he needed to get buy-in from some really key people in order to move his initiative forward. And it suddenly hit him and he looks at me and then he looks back at the notes that he'd been taking during our conversation. And he said, this is about so much more than language. I mean, it's about strategy. Yes, it's about strategy. So now... 10 years after the initial launch of Vocal Impact Productions, today in 2023, it's time to shift the focus once again. Voice is certainly an essential component because what is speech without voice, but it's not the core. So I want people to understand that my brand is about strategic leadership communication, content and delivery, and it's about influence as that essential skill set, that combination, if you want to become not just an executive, but a leader who inspires. That's who gets to the top. That's who makes the greatest impact. That's who leaves a legacy. And that's who I want to help you and all my clients to become. So that's the brand that I have redefined for myself and will claim. So next week, I will share part two of this little saga the new brand revealed. Thank you as always for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode and don't forget to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts so that we can help even more people increase their confidence, presence, 
and influence. And finally, if you want to download my free guide to equipment recommendations for virtual influence, including my picks for microphones, lights, and more, go to speakingtoinfluence.com. I'm Dr. Laura Sokola. Tune in next week for part two and the new brand. But you're listening to Speaking to Influence, communication secrets of the C-suite. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Laura Sokola, and I want to sincerely thank you for listening to the Speaking to Influence podcast. If you love listening to these episodes as much as I love bringing them to you, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And please go to iTunes right now to rate and review our podcast in order to help us expand our reach so even more people can master the three C's to command the room, connect with the audience, and close the deal. Thanks for listening to Speaking to Influence, Communication Secrets of the C-Suite, the show for leaders who want to speak with impact. The hosts, producers, owners, and media distributors of the show make no guarantees that the strategies and information discussed will result in profit or other success and may result in losses. The opinions and statements of the hosts and guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the owners, staff, managers, broadcasters, or sponsors of the show. No medical or psychological therapy or personal or professional wellness or relationship advice is offered in the show. You are advised to seek counsel on matters related to your health, family, relationships, job, or other business and legal matters from licensed advisors in those areas prior to making any changes in business or lifestyle. No information provided may be suitable in your situation. As always, take responsibility for the decisions and actions you take, including the reactions they may make in your work, family, health, and life.